Welcome to the Life Story Coach Podcast, where you'll hear interviews, tips, and advice on the craft and business of personal history and life story writing with your host, Amy Woods Butler. Hi guys, Amy here. Today, instead of doing a guest interview, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm just going to be talking um, myself, it's just all me, and I'm going to be describing the process that I use when I sit down with a transcript or a series of transcripts. Um, So this is after I've done at least one interview and I am sitting down to actually start writing the book. The reason why I want to do this podcast and talk about this topic is because um, I think that especially after you've had more than one interview, um, but even right from the get-go, it can be very easy to get disorganized. It can be very easy to have things go astray, stories that you remember hearing that you can't find, and you really need to have a system in place. Now, for those of you who already have a system and you're comfortable with it and you're happy with it, you probably don't even need to listen to this podcast. Um, But if you need to tweak it a little bit or if you're feeling a little bit lost, if you're floundering because you're feeling overwhelmed by all of the material that you are getting from the interviews and maybe from extra resources, you know, maybe you're interviewing other people besides the storyteller, well, this is going to help you hopefully find a way of organizing that material and keeping track of what you've already added to the book, what still needs to be added to the book. Um, Because we know that when we're doing these interviews, people very often circle around to the same topics. Um, So you might be talking about something in the first interview, and then they'll circle around and talk about that in interview number four. So how do you keep track of what you've already written into the book and what is new material? Okay, so the other change um, from today is I am going to publish this as a regular audio podcast as usual, but simultaneously I'm going to be recording it as a screencast. The reason I'm doing that is because I'm going to work really hard to make it clear, um, to describe things clearly for the audio podcast, but if I fall down on the job, then there will be a video so you can see exactly what's on my screen. I'm going to have that up on my screen. I have a sample project all ready to go, and I'll show you the steps that I take when I am sitting down to start writing the book. So if you want to see the video, you can head over to thelifestorycoach.com, look for episode number 40, and there will be a link to show you that video. In that video, you'll see exactly what I'm seeing on the screen. So I'm going to flip over to, for the people who are watching the video, I'm going to now flip over and show you that screen. So I will talk to you in just a moment. There's one other thing, a little piece of news. I have decided that I'm going to start a directory on the website. Um, That's for anybody who wants to have a listing who is working as a life story professional. And that's, you know, any format, if you're writing books, if you're doing videos or audio projects, anything else, um, you can send in your information and I will put you up on the directory. There's not going to be any charge for it. The reason I'm doing that is because... um, I've gotten so many um, inquiries over the past several months from very far-flung regions, and um, they're jobs that I cannot take myself, and I want to be able to have um, a resource that people can look at and see where there is a working life story professional in their area. So you can, again, you can look at the show notes, episode 40 on thelifestorycoach.com, and um, you'll see a link. It will bring you to a form that you can fill out. Now, I probably won't start building the directory until after the holidays, maybe before then, but go ahead and send me your information and I will, um, I will put it up as soon as I get the directory up. So 
Thanks for listening. I'm going to switch over and we're going to jump into today's topic. Okay, welcome back. One thing that I forgot to mention in the intro is that this is going to be a two-part episode. Um, Today, I'm going to talk about the process that I used to use when I used just a regular word processor when I was creating the books. Not doing the layout, obviously, but doing all of the writing on the draft. I work on a Mac, so it was always on Pages. I used Pages 09, and I will tell you specifically why in in just a few moments why I stuck with the older version of Pages. What I'm going to be describing, you can easily do on a Word. Um, They're very similar word processing programs. So I don't think that you'll have any trouble following along if you if you work on a PC and you work with Word. The second part of this episode, I am going to be describing the process that I use now, which is with Scrivener. I find it to be much more efficient, much easier. I've moved all of my projects over to Scrivener. I've been working with it for quite a while now. But I also am assuming that most people probably don't have Scrivener. So the first part of this episode today is going to be talking about just using a regular word processor. So if you are looking at my screen, you're going to see that there is, um, I've already created a sample project. I didn't think that my any of my current clients or past clients would be um, very appreciative if I used their projects. So I created a sample project. And my client's name is Jonathan Harker. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is Um, the all interviews file. You might remember if you've listened to this podcast for a while, back in episode 20, I actually went through and I talked about how I name my files and how I keep the files themselves organized. So if you want, you can listen to that. Today, I'm not going to talk about file organization so much as keeping the materials organized and keeping track of what I have added to the book and what still remains from the transcripts that needs to be added. So I'm going to pull up this all interviews file. So again, if you're watching the video, you'll be able to see it. Um, What I do is every time I have an interview, I have it transcribed, and then I add the transcript to something that I call an all interviews file. Now, I usually name it with the person's name. So in this case, in my sample case, it's Jonathan Harker, all interviews. And it's just one long running document, which has every interview added as it comes in, every transcript added as it comes in. I like to have all of the interview material in one continuous document. I found that that is much easier than jumping back and forth between documents because, again, people talk about the same topics. Um, they, they revisit the same topics over and over again. Um, and I don't want to have to be navigating between interview transcripts. Um, if I have it all in one place, it's much easier to keep track of what has been said, what still needs to be added to the book, what has not um, uh, been processed yet. So the way that I set it up is um, there's a, I'm just going to point out a few things. If you're watching the video, you can see on the screen what I'm talking about. But again, I'm going to try to be really clear and, and describe things so that you don't have to do that. I work in pages. I'm sure Word has a lot of these same functions as well. So when I start the document, I use running headers. So every time I add a new transcript, um, when I come to the end of the old transcript, I will add a section break, and that allows me to have different running headers. And the running header, so that's the thing that you see um, on the top of the page, or it can sometimes be on the bottom of the, of the page, and it is the same from uh, page to page. So within one section, I will name that running header with the storyteller's name and the date of the interview. The other thing that I do is at the, the, the first page of this document, I 
keep track of which interviews I've added and um, it just gives me a way to see, to make sure that I've added a transcript to the document and that I have not added it twice because that has been my problem more more so than forgetting to add the, the transcript. Um, and you're going to see that I use a color coding system um, that allows me to look at this all interview file and see which material has already been put into the main draft of the book and which still needs to be put in. So if I have a duplicate um, transcript, then it really throws things off because then sometimes I'm, I'm thinking, I remember putting this into the book, but I guess I didn't because look, it's not highlighted. So and by keeping a running list of each transcript as I add it to this this all interviews file, um, I can see what's in there and what is not in there. Also, it's a place to add um, the names and the dates of interviews that I've done with other people. Now, most projects, it's just the storyteller that I'm interviewing, but very often um, they'll ask me to interview family members or maybe co-workers, um, so I can keep track of that as well. Now, um, the once I add a transcript to this all interviews file, what I do um, when I start working on it, the very first thing that I do is I read through it and I sort of chunk it out. I don't change, um, I don't move things around at all because I've tried that and it's it's just become a very big mess very quickly. But what I do instead is I add topic headers. Now this is sort of metadata that I enclose in square brackets. It's just for me to be able to navigate through the document and find out where the storyteller was talking about any given topic. Because even within one interview, oftentimes they'll talk about something, and then it'll lead to something else, and maybe something else, and then they'll go back to the original thing that they were talking about. So I can add those, um, they're sort of like um, captions, I guess. Um, I put them in bigger letters, I make them nice and bold, something that I can see easily. And I, if I get too many of them and I can't really remember what I'm calling them in my head, then I'll start a new document and I'll actually add the titles of these subheaders to that sub-document. So, you know, if you've done 12 or 15 interviews with somebody and, um, you know, there's going to be a heck of a lot of topics that come up. So in the case of this pretend set of interviews with a pretend subject named Jonathan Harker, he's my storyteller, um, in this case, then maybe he's talking about the first impressions of the count who lives in the castle. And maybe then he talks a little bit about that and the count's appearance. So you can see I have these, I have topic headers, and then I might expand on them a little bit so that when I go to write up the section of what um, this count looks like, whose name happens to be Count Dracula, I can find all of the places in the interview where he's being described. A certain topic might be um, dispersed over a whole interview or a series of interviews. What we want to do as the editor is cobble that together and put it all in the places where it's most effective. So if he, if Jonathan Harker is going to talk a little bit more later about what the castle looks like, I'm probably going to collect all of that and make sure that it appears all together and there's some coherency. Okay, let's talk now about what the master draft looks like. So the book that you're actually writing in the word processing program. 
What I like to do, um, and this is an idea that I stole from Kathy Evans, a wonderful life story writer in St. Louis. She has Write For You Life Stories, and um, I've gotten some of my best ideas from her. And by the way, I recommend that we all do that. We beg, borrow, and steal ideas from each other, just like they recommend teachers to do when they're creating lesson plans, because you know what? We're all going to get better when we share our ideas. So the main idea or the main concept with having this um, draft is uh, not only for it to be a working draft for me, but for it to actually look a little bit like a real book because I give drafts of the book to my clients as I go along. So when they get an early draft and they've got this physical object that they're holding in their hand, I want them to be able to visualize that as a real book. So there's a few tricks that I do. I set it up as a real book. I have facing pages. I have running headers, um, although the running header always just says an uncorrected draft rather than having the title and the subtitle. So the uncorrected draft appears on every single page, and that means that they know that this is not by any means the end product. This is not what the book is going to be at the very end. This is just our, our work in progress. Um, I also add front matter. But before I get into that... Um, the very first page is um, has my logo, my contact information, and it also has the name of the storyteller and draft copy and the date of the draft copy. Um, I, I learned that the hard way as well. If you don't date it and really keep track of what you're giving them each time, um, when they come back with their corrections, it can be, it can be a bit of a nightmare to um, figure out which draft you are correcting, and um, you want to make sure that you always have the most current available. Um, and I also usually have a note that I talk, um, you know, it depends on what part of the process we're in, but it gives maybe the, the th- questions that I have, the next steps that we need to take. And then I jump right into the front matter. And, um, you know, front matter, I don't usually put every single page, um, you know, usually for a book, uh, in a traditionally published book, you've got title page, half title, well, half title page, then title page, copyright page, um, dedication page, page for an epigraph, um, you know, if there's a, a foreword, if there's an introduction. So, I, but I will put some of those in there, especially the um, subtitle, which is almost always the life of the subject. Um, it, titles, I'm terrible about thinking of them. So usually I just have a little placeholder that says this is where the title will go. Um, and I also include a copyright page just because it can really make the book look official. Um, most of it is is boilerplate. You know, it, you, you're going to tell, um, I always give the copyright to the storyteller. You know, you put the year in there. Um, who is doing, who will be doing the cover and layout design, if you already know that. Um, and then, you know, I like to have either a placeholder or a place for them to put the dedication if they've already told me what that is. And maybe if they have a quote or a verse or a lyric that they want to have for their epigraph. Now, um, table of contents, I usually don't include until the book gets a little bit larger. Um, but what I want to show you if you're watching the video or tell you about if you're listening is how I work between these two documents. So I have, I have them open side by side, the all interviews document and the master draft copy. What I do every time I have some information from the transcript that I 
added to the master draft, I go ahead and I highlight it in yellow. And yellow is just my catch-all color for meaning that something is done or it's been processed. And I use that in multiple ways. This happens to be one of the really effective ways that I've found for a visual um, representation of what I don't need to worry about in the in the all interviews file anymore. And it's just an easy way then to see what's been done. So when I get up the next day and I go to work, I can see what still needs to be added from that transcript. Now, one other tip that I can give you is if um, if you have something that you have a question about, maybe it's a story that the storyteller told and you're not quite sure if you are going to add it to the book. Maybe they were hesitant about having it in the book or maybe it's just very tangential and, you know, not everything that gets told needs to be included in the book. So in those cases, I will use a different color. And usually, so if something, if they talk about something and I'm not going to add it to the book, but I want to have it there in case maybe it comes up again and it really did have more significance than I realized at first, I want to still keep it and be able to see it. And a good way of being able to see it is highlighting it in a different color, such as gray. That's usually the color that I use for things that I'm not adding into the book, um, but maybe they would need to be added later. Now, if I have a question about something, um, very often people will talk about something and then they'll talk about it again and there'll be some contradictory information and you don't want to be adding it into the book draft. You don't want to be taking the time to add it into the book draft if you don't really have the story straight in your mind ahead of time because it's just it's a waste of your time and it's a waste of the client's money. Um, so for those cases, I usually highlight it in green and that way that's my visual signal to go back and add ask the client about this particular bit of of conversation that we had. Okay, now one other thing that I want to cover is um, once we have all of our topics in, how do we search for them? And what I use, and I had mentioned before that I kept pages 09 specific for a specific reason. And that's because it has a um, search bar that you can open on the side. Word also has that same ability. So you can open a search bar on the side. If I have each topic started off with a square bracket, then what I can do is um, search for all of those in this sidebar search pane. And I can see where everything is. And I can even expand it so that I can see the whole title of the, um, the subheader. And I can then very easily navigate from one chunk of information to the next chunk of information. Makes it very helpful. For whatever reason, the newer versions of Pages, I think there might only be one new version after Pages 09, I'm not sure. But at any rate, the next version after Pages 09 did not have this functionality and it was something that I really needed. Um, you can obviously always do the, the Command F and that will bring up a find window, but um, it's just not nearly as helpful to actually have to have the computer go from one word to the next to the next. I find it much easier to see all of the instances of something in this side pane. And I think that is pretty much all that I have to say about how I transfer things from the transcripts into actually creating the book. 
So just to recap, when I start writing the book, I start in all interviews file, I break it into named sections for each new transcript. I add topic headers to chunk out the information. And when I get too many of these topic headers, I'll start a separate file to keep a running list of what I'm calling them. Um, And now I have a way to navigate through the transcripts to find the pieces that belong in the book. Now, this system works, but it does have some disadvantages. And the main one is that um, it doesn't take into account other documents besides transcripts. So old letters, journals, military records, that kind of thing. Um, Not the images, but the documents that we're getting from the storyteller that are also, the text is also going to be worked into the book draft. Um, In the second part of this episode, I will go over my current system, which is using Scrivener. And one of the reasons why I like Scrivener, there's, there's several, but one of the reasons is that you can have everything in a Scrivener project, and it's very easy to navigate, not just through the transcripts, not through just a a file, um, a text file, but also all of these other items that you're getting from the storyteller. So if you have any questions, or especially if you have anything to add to this, if you've got a system that really works well for you, if you've got some insight into how to make things better for all of us, please share. Go over to the comment section at thelifestorycoach.com. Look for episode 40. And also remember that I'm going to be adding a directory to the website. So if you want to have a free listing on the directory, if you're a working life story professional, in the show notes for this episode, episode 40, you'll find a link to a form that you can fill out. And it asks all of the information that I will then include in the in the directory. Thanks for listening. I hope that this has helped. Until next time, go out and save someone's story.